1: Now, Christ in Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Erin Straza and Hannah Anderson. Hello everyone, I'm Erin Straza and with me is Hannah Anderson. We're your hosts for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. Thanks for joining our conversation today. It's part of our series that's been going on for a bit now called Growing Viral, Well-Being in the Age of Corona. Each of these episodes in the series, we're looking at ways that we are responding and reacting to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we try to turn it a bit and focus on how we can move toward wholeness in the midst of everything that's going on. And I think that's key, Hannah, Um, in the midst of everything that's going on. I, I feel like our look at all the different types of emotions that we have and how I've been responding and reacting, it starts to feel kind of heavy. Like there's just so much that we have to look at and deal with and think about. There's just a lot going on. There is.
2: And it feels like we're in this weird time warp. At least my sense of time has been very different in the last few oh, weeks. Yeah. And and it's not just, I can't tell if it's going faster or slower or if those <laughs> terms don't even have meaning anymore. Like my days feel long, but then at other times it feels like there's this pace of information that's coming at us and everything's changing so rapidly. All I can describe it as is living in this weird time warp that's fluctuating. Mm
1: -hmm. That makes so much sense. I like that that analogy, time warp, because – I've seen lots of people joking, and I appreciate the joking, where they say, what a long year March has been, or, <laughs> or when they say things like, um, just in case you were wondering, today is Tuesday. Um, I appreciate those sorts of jokes because it really is hard to get a grasp on what day is it, what month is it, what year is it, what's going on, we don't know, because it is all different. and. How I've been seeing it too is that usually the constructs of my day and then the week will give me that sense of time. It's that rhythm and the pattern that I'm in that helps me to mark time and to mark what my life is about. And now that all of that scheduling is different, um, I've got to get used to the new scheduling and the new rhythm. And it it's not there yet. I haven't really landed on it. And I think that when that scheduling, that that steadiness is stripped away, I think that's what causes me to feel kind of worn out, like extra worn out, um, because I, I really see those schedules as alleviating some of that mental energy. Like I don't have to think about it because I'm just doing the, the schedule. But now that everything is new, I've got to put a whole lot more mental energy into it in the midst of a pandemic. And so I think that's why I feel a little bit more um worn out and it just sort of weighs on me a bit more than mm-hmm. usual
2: and honestly um i know you and i have talked to erin about our decision to release this series all at once mm-hmm. part of that was because when we sat down and looked at our calendar if we had followed our typical release pattern which would be one episode every week this would have stretched out over the course of five or six weeks and yet we knew that people needed it now, that they were yeah. processing these questions now. And it really didn't feel like, oh, sure, we can wait four weeks until we talk about whatever emotion you know comes <laughs> right. up next. Because we are in the middle, not just of this weird time warp, but all of these emotions that we've been discussing are cycling through a day. It's not yeah. like you're yep. moving uh, well, this week I handled this emotion. And then next week, I'm going to address this emotion in my life. These are kind of questions and temptations and kind of movements that we're feeling all in the same day. I can fluctuate between denial to anger, um, maybe even to kind of a hopelessness, Mm -hmm. all within the course of a few hours. And so we really felt um, that it was important to get these conversations out as quick as possible so that they would help have the at least open up the conversation for folks.
1: It's interesting what you're saying there, too, about the release of information, not just these episodes that we're recording, but even the release of news and data and anything that's going on in terms of the pandemic Um I've kind of been going through phases where I will consume all the information and then become completely overwhelmed and discouraged and so sad and then I realize okay you cannot just take all this in all the time you need to put a stop to that. So then I I halt and I kind of pull back and I I think through a little bit of like okay this this is bad like this really is terrible and it is sad and yet there are still things going on in life that I'm called to that I need to put my hands to and I I want to do those things that are cultivating goodness and cultivating life. And so I need to watch how much I'm taking in and make sure that it's not affecting me to the point where then I just am a puddle on the floor. And I I think that's what a lot of people are feeling right now is this this back and forth of the emotions of okay now I'm fine okay now I am a puddle on the floor and okay let's let's try to you know move forward and let's try to have some semblance of of normalcy here in the household I think everybody's feeling a bit of that and so for this conversation today I'm looking forward to diving into um, those those emotions and how it is that we can feel so sad and so discouraged and yet what can we do to move toward wholeness.
2: I think one of the moments when I realized that my own internal emotional life needed attention is when I decided I didn't care about the news anymore. Now, you know me, Erin, folks who are on Twitter with me or who listen to Persuasion know that I love information. I love the news. (laughs) I love knowing. And there was a moment when I was like, ah. Whatever, I need to get off Twitter. Oh, can't do this. I don't keep. I don't want to keep having this information come at me. That's so unusual for me that it was kind of a signal to me, like, okay, there's a lot more happening. There's a lot mm-hmm. more happening in my soul. There's a lot more happening in my emotional life. Um, and that doesn't mean I, I'm not watching the news or I'm checking in. But the the very fact that I would even feel a level of I don't care what the news is.
1: Yeah, that's so unlike you. So it's it's like a signal that tells you that you were completely tapped out for some reason, and that feeling of of apathy or disregard that's not typical for you. So it is a signal that shows that something else is off. Not in the least. There. Like
2: for the last week, I have been on Instagram a whole lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. And in my on my Facebook, my, like my private Facebook, I've been sharing like funny videos. I do not do this. <laughs> this is not me. And, and I told Nathan, I told my husband, I was like, is this what social media is? Because this is fun.
1: <laughs> You've moved away from all the serious information. And now you're just sharing all of the memes. <laughs> like the ones that question, should I put on my A.M.? pajamas or my PM pajamas? And these are the the depths of the questions that we have to deal with. At what sort of level can you handle right now in terms of making decisions and information? That's hilarious. I, I think for me, Hannah, the thing that showed that I was kind of over the top in feeling the weight of this moment is... Um, a lack of motivation in the morning. I am such a morning person. And I don't say that with, you know, a pat on the back. It's just how I'm wired and I don't think there's anything extra holy about getting up early. I just happen to be a morning person. And so now that it is getting light out earlier, I usually will wake up with those first birds that start singing about 45 minutes before daybreak. And now I'm really irritated at them (laughs) because they're singing and it is dark and I am not wanting to get out of bed. I'm still awake but I don't want to get out of bed. And even Mike has said a few things to me like, wow, this is so not like you. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> and so I know that it is this feeling of... Um, an extra weight or an extra pressure. Like there's just too much. I'm too overwhelmed and it's discouraging. It's like, oh, we got to do this again. We got to be inside and I'm reading the news and there's sad things happening and it's just too much and it weighs on me more so in that heart sense of it's just too overwhelming and I, I'm i just sad about it. And I know it's still there. Like it's not like, oh, you wake up and it's a new day and you can start fresh. It's like, no, it's still there. We're still in the middle of a pandemic.
2: And I would say not to make light of any of this, but this possibility of despair and sadness and kind of an overwhelming, um, you know, just not apathy, but just kind of a withdrawal and a disconnectedness from what's happening. I think this is fueling a lot of the baking that I'm seeing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, bring on all the baked goods. I think we
2: are a lot of us are kind of like, oh, I need my comfort, right? Mm-hmm. I I need mm-hmm. something that's going to come and help me in this moment. And and I I am the first to line up for baked goods. Do do not get me wrong. <laughs> if there was not or there were not orders in place that I couldn't come to your house, I would come to your house and eat your bread. <laughs> But I do see that a lot of us are looking for kinds of good things to fill this place, this kind mm-hmm. of sadness that we're feeling and, and food can do that. Um, and it can do it in ways that are legitimate too and by, and by no means um,
1: oh, definitely you know,
2: saying that's wrong. I'm just saying I see a lot more, um, People being drawn to those kinds of things that would bring comfort um, or pursuing things that would, you know, there's all the jokes about moving from your coffee to your wine. Like this entire (laughs) pandemic is being fueled by two substances, two (laughs) liquid substances is your coffee in the morning and your wine. And there's a lot of jokes about parents making it through because of their, you know, their liquor cabinet. And right, right. We get the joke, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, what's that saying? What's that saying right. about the state of our emotions and our souls and the sadness that we're carrying um, over all of this?
1: Well, even within the Christian community, I can see some of this having an effect in terms of how we are processing who God is and uh, what is he doing. And I think that it is a bit of a faith crisis, and I'm sure all of these emotions, there are things faith-wise that are just rocking us. But in this discouragement phase, I think that this is something where it is that questioning like, God, are you near? God, are, what are you doing? How long is this going to be? Um, will you tend to me and my needs? I mean, there are just so many things wrapped up in this. And it's that questioning of what is my faith in the middle of this? And and then I do have to say that when I hear various thought leaders, <laughs> I don't know what else to call them, various thought leaders give um, their explanation for why the pandemic is happening I feel like that does not satisfy. And so I feel like it's a little bit of an untethering of like, okay, what does this mean? And that adds to my discouragement. I think it's
2: a prime moment for all those doubts that were maybe just under the surface to break through. You know, anyone who is a person of faith, has these questions, right? We have our doubts. We have those things that we wonder about. But when life is stable or rhythms and habits are carrying us along, you know, you, you kind of lean into that external structure. And when all of that's removed, it's an opportunity for the questions to come, whether it's questions about who God is, whether he's powerful, why would a powerful God not stop this, or whether he's loving why would a loving God allow this to happen? Will he take care of me? Does he even care about what I'm going through um, emotionally or financially or physically? And so I, I do think, too, that for some folks, this is going to be a crisis, not just at an emotional level, but a spiritual level. And the, the difficult thing or the catch-22 of all that is is going to happen in private. Um, It's not going to be something that we see playing out on social media or even, you know, publicly, because it's the kind of thing that's so destabilizing that we're going to withdraw into those questions.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader
1: Well, Hannah, I think that those deeper questions that you are outlining, they they point us in a direction of assessing where are we in terms of our faith and our life. And it really does bring us back to this whole question of what do we do when we are discouraged and how do we move toward wholeness? And a lot of these questions come back to... Um, How do we live our lives? What is the point of life? I mean, these are deep questions, deep existential questions of faith and living and purpose. But these are the things we're left with to sort out. And so when we look at how discouragement is bubbling up and it's all around us because of what's going on in the world, what are the things that we need to be thinking about here? How do we move toward wholeness, even though discouragement is right here with us?
2: Well, I go back to, again, what we talked about in previous episodes and what um, John really pointed us to in the episode he joined us about prayer, that, again, we have to allow space for these emotions to be valid and real, and even for our questions and our doubts and our despair to be real. Um, I don't think this is the thing you solve by forcing yourself to be happy (laughs) or to sing a song Uh, there's a verse in scripture and i totally don't remember where it is but it's in the new testament in the epistles where it says something to the effect if if anyone is happy let him sing if anyone is sad let him pray and i've heard people point out that those two aren't switched you don't tell hmm. someone who's sad, just cheer up and sing a song. Put on some happy music. Right. right? right. <laughs> and And I think that's our instinct sometimes because we don't know what to do with other people's sadness. We don't know what to do with our own no. sadness. We don't know what to do with our own despair and lack of motivation and uncharacteristic behavior. When, when we start right. to act in ways that are not typical we don't know what to do. And our, and our instinct, I think, is to just get back to typical, just to try to right. be ourselves again.
1: One of the things that has stayed with me when I was working on some concepts for comfort detox, I was thinking through this whole idea of – being with people who need comfort, and how we need to learn how to keep watch with people who are sorrowful, discouraged, depressed, whatever you want to say, they're grieving. Um, And I thought about that in terms of how do I keep watch with God as he's grieving over the state of things? Um, We know that he, his heart grieves and, and yearns for us. But also, how do you keep watch with yourself? I mean, if your heart is grieving, you don't, then tell someone, we'll get up and do a jig. You mourn with those who are mourning. And so how do we learn how to keep watch with the discouraged? And I, I do think that this is a great tie back to what we talked through with John in terms of learning how to lament and being OK with where you are. Um, and in that, it, it's it's like giving space to feel what you're feeling. And I also think part of that is how do you how do you move toward life even when it is so hard because we we've talked about the lack of schedule and i i feel like for me if i don't have some guardrails and some little pushes to move me forward that is not helping and so i find that if i have something that's helping me to fix my gaze and help me to choose things that are good for me, even when I don't feel good, if you want to think of it that way, that's such a help. And I feel like that's tender toward how I'm feeling in the moment. It's keeping watch with my own heart.
2: Absolutely. I think the external structure is perhaps even more important when the internal structure is not there. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. we can't just do whatever we're supposed to do. And it's similar to what John said about When we come to prayer and we're so sad or we're so overwhelmed that we don't have words, it's those external prayers like the Psalms or perhaps um, prayers that have been written by someone else. Those external structures make up for what we cannot produce in and of ourselves in that moment. And I think there's something beautiful about that if we will give ourselves permission to say, I'm not able to produce this right now. I'm not Mm -hmm. able just to regulate myself. I'm not able to do what I need to do. So I'm going to lean on something outside of me. And maybe at first it doesn't feel natural, um, but it doesn't have to. Um, The point Mm -hmm. is to give yourself enough space and time where the weight of your wholeness is not resting on yourself. Um, and, And that can be just, it can be prayers. It can be external habits. Um, You know, things that you build in small things that you build into your day and you look forward to and, and I would say this too: getting rid of the notion that you you have to use this time to be um, abundantly productive.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) maybe
2: your first step.
1: Yes. I was thinking about that. Like, okay, if we're we're trying to move toward wholeness, part of this will be letting go of the sense of now I need to be ultra productive during my pandemic. And there was a joke early on in the middle of this, like, have your best pandemic now. And I was like, no, I don't want any part of that. Like, I am not going to pick up Mandarin during this time. I am not going to adopt a new side hustle or another side hustle. Like, no, I feel like all I can do is get the things done in my life life that need to be done, because everything is so different. I can't be adding in all these new things. And so I think part of the wholeness is releasing the ideas that are floating about that aren't helpful, such as have your best pandemic now, or really just trying to put on the happy face and saying things like, well, it all happens for a reason, or here's the goodness in the silver, you know, the the silver lining in the cloud or whatever. Um, I think that letting go of those things will be freeing. And that's part of that weight that could lift if you don't hold on to that.
2: I think it's so important that we remember that success in a crisis is surviving the crisis. That Mm, success (laughs) in this moment does not mean starting your side gig, doing that entrepreneurial thing you wanted to do, inventing the theory of gravity. You know, this is not (laughs) success. That's success like in normal times. Success in this moment means um, surviving and emerging whole. Mm -hmm. And I think of um, the Old Testament story of Elijah who had – you know this magnificently stressful, amazing encounter um, on Mount Carmel with um, the priests of Baal, and God proves Himself faithful. But then He's fleeing from Ahab and Jezebel, and He He runs from that moment, and He finds Himself alone, and He is in despair. And pretty much, I think the ancient Hebrew goes something like, "Fine, I'll just go die." <laughs> Where he's alone and he's hungry and he's in the wilderness and he's done. And the irony is that God comes to him and he feeds him and he says, go take a nap. And it's these (laughs) small things that are stabilizing. Like this is success. Yes, up on the mountaintop, you had this massive showing of who God is and and this magnificent act of faith on Elijah's part. And now in the wilderness, in the moment of crisis, feed yourself and take a nap.
1: I like that. (laughs) I think that, to me, is so doable. It's like, tend to your body, tend to your soul, take a little rest, and things do... You, you do feel better after you've done those things, but sometimes they're still hard to do. But definitely, if you, you are tending to those things, um, at least you have some energy to, to try to do the next thing and I I think that's why I've been thinking of this. Like, what are the steps to find the goodness in terms of choosing life? Like, how do I think about what would be the life-giving option for me, Um, even if I'm not feeling like doing that thing? If I'm always looking toward life and how do I nurture life and wholeness in myself, that helps me to know what the next thing to do might be.
2: Right. And pursuing life may not mean sitting down and working an extra hour or two on a project, it might mean spending those two hours watching a movie or reading a book Mm -hmm. or listening to music or taking a walk outside. Um, And I think one of the things we have in this moment is the opportunity to really ask those questions. Like, what is life-giving? In this moment, and and caring for ourselves physically, um, you know we're all staying home for the sake of caring for ourselves and caring for our communities by not transferring this virus. Mm-hmm. And so, the whole goal of this odd, unbelievable, surreal, surreal social experiment is the health of our bodies. So, if we come home to do that. And then in these moments, not care for ourselves. Um, It's kind of defeating the whole point.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. These small things that we can do are actually the core things. Um, I I think this is even touching on how you view um, living life and the purpose of life and, and the the elements of life that are important, um, these are weighty good things for us to be considering. And so I really hope that all you listeners out there are um, feeling a sense of clarity in this topic, if you're feeling, especially if you're feeling discouraged right now. I, I do hope that some of these things are giving you a breath of fresh air, giving you a little bit of vision for how you can find some goodness in these days. But that's gonna do it for this conversation, for this installment of our Growing Viral series. You can jump right into the next one, and that one is the finale, actually. We're already here at the finale of the series. And in that conversation, we're gonna talk a little bit about what's what do we do looking ahead? How are we moving into a new normal in this viral age? Stay home, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.
0: You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson, an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at Christandpopculture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name.